Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. We invite your calls if you're listening on Saturday. The live call-in number is 631-955-5400. That's for calls on Saturday only, 631-955-5400. Or you can text your questions anytime in the week, 516-367-0391. We put our programs together based largely on your questions. Text them anytime in the week, 516 367 0391. When it comes to the subject of money, we never seem to get it right. Some, probably most, esteem money too highly. They miss the many biblical warnings about how fleeting wealth can be, and they also fail to think seriously about the Apostle Paul's reminders and warnings. In the last chapter of the first letter to Minister Timothy, we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, With these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, not money, but the love of it, is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So writes the Apostle Paul. And the Lord Jesus himself spoke of the rich fool who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. One day our souls will be required of all of us. So are you neglecting the true riches that are eternal? Now, on the other hand, there are those who regard any thought about money, wealth, and investments as being unspiritual. I mean, didn't Jesus say you cannot serve God and money? Well, Jesus also spoke of things like sowing and reaping, being wise stewards, investing talents and minas. Both were first century words for amounts of money. He spoke of making friends of those in the world by unrighteous money. And by unrighteous here, he doesn't mean that money is unrighteous, but he's speaking of money that's not our own. And the Good Samaritan, well, he couldn't have paid for the medical provisions and the care by an innkeeper if he didn't have money for those things. We're not to be enslaved to money and the love of it, but we are to love serving others with our money. I'm also struck with the fact that the New Testament frequently uses language related to the marketplace to describe the way we are to live the Christian life. We are, just for one example, to redeem the time, that is to make it profitable because the days are evil. Now, certainly our our greatest wealth, and we must never forget this, is Christ and everlasting life. This, and he, is the pearl of great price and the treasure hidden in the field that we all are to acquire at whatever the cost. And it's true that we are to lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal and where economic downturns and stock market dives mean nothing. But one of the ways we lay up treasures in heaven 
is by making truly wise investments with our wealth. So the Apostle Paul, again in his first letter to Minister Timothy, speaks to the rich in this present age, charging them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. You see, God isn't against investments. He is against bad investments that only have regard to this life. Earthly wealth is a gift of God. God told his people in the Old Testament days that he was the one who gave them power to get wealth. The Old Testament book of Proverbs is full of warnings about the deceptive power of wealth, but it also tells us that the hand of the diligent will be made rich and that a good person leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And in a similar vein, this time in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says that parents are to lay up. The word means to build a treasure for their children. To get it right about money, we need to realize that we're to be good stewards of not only our time and our talents, but also of our treasures. And that leads us into the waters we'll be swimming in beginning in this week's visit to the pastor's study and continuing in the next couple of programs. I'm simply going to call the series Money Matters. (laughs) This week, we'll be thinking together about long-term financial planning for both this week and next week. My guest is not only our own family financial planner himself, but he's also a close friend, a wise advisor, and a superb teacher, Frank Carrico. You'll benefit in more ways than one from his practical advice and from his three decades of experience. We invite your questions. If you're listening on Saturday, you can call the studio and be live on the program, 631-955-5400. Or you can text your questions anytime, 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. Fran Carrico, welcome to a visit to the Pastor's Study. Oh, good to be with you. Ah, Great to have you with us. Let's dive into the waters. Fran, as a financial planner, tell us the big things that you consider for yourself and for those that you're helping. Well, uh, when, when when I'm sitting down with someone, I'm... Uh, the, the internal conversation I'm having is, am I listening? Uh, am I acting as a fiduciary? And let me define that for a moment. Uh, a, a fiduciary is someone who's acting in the best interest of his clients. And to put that in a more spiritual sense, which is really more your bailiwick than mine, um, am I acting with a servant's heart? Mm. Um, because if the meeting goes well, uh, it's going to end up with uh, an account or or an insurance um, policy of some sort. And and you know obviously that's how the financial advisor is going to be compensated either by fee or by commission or or, or some some combination thereof. I can't have that uppermost in my mind. The the only thing I can be thinking about is. What is it that's keeping this family awake at night? What is it that they're concerned about, and how can my products and services, um, you know, meet those meet those particular needs? Yeah, we of course we've chatted about this. There there is a parallel role with a pastor. 
in that the pastor's dealing with, with eternal matters of the soul, but we're also concerned for them, and so are you. Uh, it, it really is an interesting, interesting parallel. Well, maybe we should put it this way, Fran. What are some of the major mistakes people make when it comes to financial planning? Uh, well, there's a couple of things that I um, that I think about there. Um, one is sacrificing good on the altar of perfect. Um, we too many of us are are looking for what what is that what is that perfect uh, insurance program? Is it by term invested difference? Is it Variable life is it whole life? What 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 is the what is the best investment? You know, is it you know is it a limited partnership in an oil field, or or is it uh, a mutual fund, or is it uh, a you know a, a zero um, commission ETF uh, that just tracks a uh, the market, um, the S and P five hundred, for example. We, we spend far too much time um, analyzing, and we, we end up with analysis paralysis. And I think it's better to keep things very, very simple. Um, this is a game, a long-term game, of building net worth. And to be successful in that game, own things that appreciate and and pay for things that that don't appreciate or depreciate, um, you know, for example, consider leasing an automobile rather than owning it. Um, the vast majority of automobiles depreciate dramatically in, in the first five to ten years. Why in the world would you buy one? Um, you buy one because you have to, but, but if you don't have to, um, you know, there, there, there are better ways to have use of that uh, particular product without, without owning it. So own things that appreciate and, and try not to uh, spend too much money uh, uh, buying things that don't. And, and for goodness sake, um, stop worrying about that which is best. Those things can only be analyzed retrospectively. And by then it's too late. Right. I, I can tell you looking back over 20 years what would have been the best investment, but I couldn't have told you at the yeah. time what would have become the best investment. Yeah, you're an advisor, but not a prophet. Exactly. <laughs> Fran, Fran, I'm sure you get asked this question loads of times. What advice do you give people, and they've got whatever investments they make, and then the, the, the markets go down, Does and, it, and does that differ, in fact, do any of these things differ depending on people's age or the age of the couple or the family you're working with? Well, yeah, uh, and here we're getting into um, the way the human brain is wired. Um, here we're getting into an area of psychology, and it, we, we, we are, as humans, wired so that loss hurts. It hurts more than gain feels good. We, we anticipate that things generally are going to work out. So, you know, if, if, you, if you make an investment and it has appreciated over a couple of years and you have 25% value more in that investment than you started, so you started with 100 and now you have 125,000, ho-hum, you know, that's, that's what you expected. Um, so we, yeah, if, if that, if that 100,000 had lost 25, and you had seventy-five thousand. Boy, you'd notice that. 
So loss hurts more than gain feels good. And, and so when the market goes down, most folks feel they have to react to something. Well, maybe. But if you're young and your investment objective is to acquire an asset and to build value over time and to build financial security, uh, you know, as long as what you're buying is um, intrinsically valuable, continue buying it. The, the, the market does not have wisdom. The, the, the market is just a group reaction to a lot of different signals. But don't look for wisdom there. You won't find it. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating point. My guest today is Fran Carrico. He is a licensed uh, financial planner, and I would add an excellent one. We're looking at the big picture now about long-term investments. We're going to deal with some specifics about investments and ages in a moment. But first, this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill.com. Bill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. I'm your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. Today's topic, long-term financial planning. My guest is licensed financial planner Fran Carrico. Your text questions can come to Pastor Bill at any time in the week, 516-367-0391. You can call my study with your questions, 516 516- Five nine three one five zero seven, or you can email me visit pastorbill at gmail dot com. Stay in contact, Fran. I I always advise married couples, especially newly married couples, and also couples that I'm counseling who are getting married. I always advise them to work with a good financial planner whom they trust. A couple questions related to that. What should people look for in a good financial planner? Well, uh, you know, it, it would be um, it would be self-serving to say, um, you know, time in the business because, you know, this is what I've done since I've gotten out of college, and that was a long, long time ago. Um, so, no, I, I think what you're looking for is um, how how relatable is this individual you're talking to. Um, do you get a sense of how much they care? Um, knowledge is, of course, important. And, you know, there's professional designations you want to be looking for, certified financial planner, um, CFP, chartered financial consultant, CHFC, um, things of this nature. Um, you know, are, are they securities licensed? Um, you know, are they a registered investment advisor? Things of this nature. Mm-hmm. 
and, and you know, you can get to that point in this industry, um, you know, within about 24 months of, of starting if you're diligent. Um, so, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, someone like myself who's, you know, old and gray. Um, you know, it, it, could be, uh, it, it could be someone uh, 25 years old. But, but, again, I think one of the things we're looking for is, you know, do they have a servant's heart? Are they acting as a fiduciary? Um, are they talking too much about the, uh, the features and benefits of a particular product or a particular investment? Uh, that, that ought to be a clue that, um, you know, they're, they're beginning to calculate in their head what, what the commission might be. Uh, or what the fee might be. Um, that, that ought not be the calculation. Um, it, it, it's wonderful how, how blessed you can be if you don't care uh, about, uh, about that. And if, if instead you're serving your client, um, things tend to fall into place quite nicely. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, Fran, what, what advice do you give to, we'll say, young married couples as you do financial planning with them? Okay, the, one, of, one of the questions I asked during my fact-finding is, where's your budget? Okay. And if you don't have one, um, a lot of good ones out there. Um, you can go to the Internet, uh, mint.com, and print off a, a, a budget right there. It's free. Um, and it, it, it's a good basic budget. And, and here's, you know, I talked about a long-term game of, uh, of building net worth. Um, you can't play the game unless you know how to keep the score. And it, you, you, don't, you don't know where the money goes unless you're paying attention to where the money goes. And, and if, if, you're, if you're gainfully employed... And you take your paycheck and you cash it. Now you got cash in the wallet. That's very difficult to track. If, on the other hand, uh, you have that direct deposited to a checking account and you're working off a budget, you know, in 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 your, um, I should say, an hour, because as you know, Pastor, I'm I'm Catholic, and but but in in our in our tradition, we give we give to we give to our church. I know in, 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 often with, with my, my um, Protestant clients, I, I hear the term tithe. And it's wonderful. I mean, you, you, you give 10% to the church, and once, once that's built into the budget, it becomes part of the wallpaper of life. It just becomes, and, and those blessings tend to come back to you. Um, Sounds like the pastor's know. council is going to be coming up, and you're absolutely right. Yeah, those blessings <laughs> come back to you because, look, you. You you can't um, you can't you, you can't um, you, you can't have a, a a community of of good people, uh, lordly people, unless you have a place for them to congregate and listen to one another, and, and often in, in those in those circumstances, you know, we, we, we want we want pastoral leadership. And, and that, 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 that all requires, and, and, and that's no different than, than living in a representative democracy and paying your taxes is, is the cost of freedom. And, and we, we, all, we all benefit greatly from that. 
um, our our streets are plowed. Our you know our 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 fire department is there. Our police department is there, and thank God they are. Um, and and it all and and that's that's all part of it. And, and so when it comes to talking to a, a young couple, where's your budget? Okay. Because if you can't if you can't um, describe to me what your discretionary income is, then you don't have a budget. And if you don't have a budget, you don't know what it is. If you don't know what it is, how in the world can you begin to start building the, the foundations of, of, of financial security? Wow. The, yeah, boy, that's so important. I, I almost hate to ask, do most co- young couples you work with have budgets? or, or no. They don't. No, and there's a few basic things that, 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 that um, are so easy to put off. Um, you know, uh, Young men, um, I don't mean to be um, <laughs> uh, sexist when it comes to young men, but young men, t- from, from my experience, tend to have kind of a Superman complex, and, you know, I can take care of my own, and I get paid uh, again next week. We'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I'll make it happen. Um, and it, it, it tends to be um, an, an ov- overconfidence um, and, and, and women tend to be a little bit more, and again, I don't mean to be sexist with regard to this. Uh, everyone's different, of course. Um, women tend to be a little bit more concerned about cash flow, and, and there tends to be um, you know, uh, a, a discomfort um, when, when you talk to a young couple. Um, you know, and and it, it's, it's very difficult for for me to get them often to focus on this thing. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, have, have a budget, have a budget. Uh, so we can know what the discretionary income is. How in the world can I make a recommendation with regard to how much life insurance you ought to have or whether or not you should be saving in a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA? If I, I, I can't see how you spend money, and, and if I can't see it, you can't see it, and if you can't see it, you're never going to find the discretionary income with which to do the planning. And my thanks to Fran Carrico, who was a licensed financial planner. Fran, can you give us your personal contact information? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, uh, office uh, in area code 518 is um, 557-1082. Cell phone, again, in the 518 area code. Um, two two one four nine nine four. Um, email is full first name f r a n c i s dot full last name c a r a c o at bankerslife dot com. Uh, my office is in Southern Saratoga County of Upstate New York, a little place called Clifton Park. Great state, great state. Hey, Fran, thanks so much for being our guest today. Um, for our counsel from the pastor's study in this series on money matters, I want to urge you to generous giving, wise giving, but generous giving. Uh, chapters 8 and 9 of the Apostle Paul's New Testament book of Second Corinthians are a rich lesson in how to use our riches. In chapter 8 and verse 7, Paul makes the point in a nutshell when he says, See that you excel in the grace of giving. 
in the New Testament book of Acts in chapter 20, he had the same apostolic concern when he calls the leaders of the Christian church in the city of Ephesus to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that it is better to give than to receive. Now, that actual saying isn't recorded in any of the four Gospels, but the heart of it is given in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6 and verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, Shaken together, running over will be put into your lap, or as we would say, to your pocket. And the picture is an agricultural one. You, you purchase a bushel of grain, and the seller makes sure the basket is absolutely full of grain, so full, in fact, that it spills over the top. Well, that's how, that's how generous God is in response to our giving. And then Jesus adds, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Well, next week I want to give you some of the reasons for generous giving, but for now, I ask that you consider what measure you use in your giving to help others. Is it good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, or is it miserly and cheap and stingy? I'm not saying you should be unwise in your giving, and certainly we all must pay our bills and provide for our own needs and the needs of our families, but the Word of God says that we are to work that we might share with those who have needs. Give generously, my friends, especially to your local church and to projects that are concerned with an eternal kingdom, and do it in faith, knowing that God is the greatest giver in the universe, and you can't outgive him. Remember, Sunday's the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.